Lamentations chapter 3, when you find your place, we'll stand tonight if you're able in reverence of the Word of God. And uh, I'm going to be honest with you, I can't get this off my heart and uh, just started edging around on it, been meditating on it all day today and uh, try to give this to you and be a blessing. Amen. Lamentations chapter number 3, and we'll begin reading in verse number 1. I want you to pay attention to the language of Jeremiah as he is writing Lamentations, I'm sure Every one of us could uh, agree that we have not necessarily been in the place that Jeremiah is in at this time. But I'm going to tell you what, Jeremiah is feeling the pressure of the situation that he's in. And listen to his wording as we read tonight. He said, uh, I am the man that has seen affliction by the rod of his wrath. He hath led me and brought me into darkness. Now, this is Jeremiah talking about the Lord. The Lord has led Jeremiah into darkness, and, uh, but not into light. Surely God wouldn't do that to you, would He? I'm going to tell you something. If, if you've not been in this thing long and don't have any understanding of the way that God works, sometimes God will lead you into some dark places. And a Christian that's always been taught that everything's going to be rosy and peachy as a Christian is not going to have any understanding of that. And uh, even some religions would make you doubt your salvation uh, because you have hard times as a Christian because they preach a health, wealth, everything's going to be great gospel. Uh, but that's not what Jesus said. He, he said, I, I'm telling you, in this world you shall have tribulation. And that is the truth. Let's read on tonight. And he said, Surely against me is he turned. He turned his hand against me all the day. My flesh and my skin hath he made old. He hath broken my bones. He hath built it against me and compassed me with gall and travail. He hath set me in dark places as they that be dead of old. He hath hedged me about that I cannot get out. He hath made my chain heavy. Also when I cry and shout, He shutteth out my prayer. Anybody ever felt like that? Sure, any length of time you have felt there have been times that, man, is God even listening to me? Does God even care? You ever been, you ever been so wrapped up in a problem that even praying, you cannot get your mind involved in that prayer because you're so burdened with what you're dealing with? Look at Jeremiah. And he said, also when I cry and shout, he shutteth out my prayer. He hath enclosed my ways with hewn stone. He hath made my paths crooked. He was unto me as a bear lying in wait and as a lion in secret places. He had turned aside my ways and pulled me in pieces. He had made me desolate. Now this is Jeremiah's complaint and he's in this chapter 3 you're finding that Jeremiah is bearing the burden of where he's in. We're going to go to the Lord in a word of prayer tonight and ask God to help us. Father, we come up for you tonight in Jesus' name. We do thank you, God, for your goodness tonight. Father, we thank you for your mercy, your grace. Father, I pray that you would just move in our midst tonight 
And God, that you'd help us to be a blessing, maybe an encouragement to the people of God tonight. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen and amen. You can be seated tonight. I want to give you several things out of this tonight as we look together at Jeremiah and uh, maybe just a few educational things tonight as we look at this. And uh, Lamentations, we know that Jeremiah is known as a weeping prophet. Jeremiah was a man that cared, a man that was burdened. Uh, they might say in this generation, man, we'd like to have Jeremiah at our church. You better be careful what you ask for. I about promise you every generation, this generation, and most churches would not appreciate Jeremiah as a preacher. They would have hated his guts. Uh, but notice this tonight, just a few things uh, by way of introduction with Jeremiah and try to get us into chapter number three and uh, bring in his lamentations. Number one is written uh, in poetry form. It is considered a book of poetry in the Word of God. You can find and look that in chapter number one, you're going to find that there are 22 verses in chapter one. You go to chapter two, there's going to be 22 verses. Chapter three is the only chapter that does not have 22 verses. And then you jump back to chapter four, 22 verses. In chapter five, 22 verses. The reason being, in poetic form, there were 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. So what Jeremiah did in the chapters that had 22 verses in them was with each letter from the Hebrew alphabet, uh, every verse would be like for us A, B, C, D. Well, Jeremiah would take and he was going through the Hebrew alphabet as it is in poetic form here in Lamentations. Uh, there's nine psalms that are written that way also uh, where the psalmist had took You'll find that there's 22 uh, verses in that psalm. Not every psalm that has 22 verses is that way, so uh, just bear with me. But Jeremiah is written that way in those chapters that have 22 verses. And uh, so we find there nine psalms. Psalm 34 is an example. 22 verses, Hebrew alphabet. David's running down every letter kind of as an acrostic, and he's magnifying God. So we find that Jeremiah is writing in poetic form. Jeremiah in chapter 1. Look with me there tonight. I want to bring you in to where we are at. Jeremiah's ministry. And uh, Jeremiah asked the question. question. Jeremiah is talking about Jerusalem here. And he says, How doth the city sit solitary that was full of people? How has she become a widow? She that was great among the nations and uh, princes among the providences, how has she become tributary? And Jeremiah is asking the question about Jerusalem at this time. How, how has the city turned out like this? How has it become solitary? A city that was once full of joy and the touch of God was in it. Uh, you could ask that question personally tonight. How did I get in the shape that I am in tonight? How has my spiritual life become so solitary and the voice of joy is not there like it once was? When Jesus wrote to the church of Ephesus, he said, I have somewhat against thee, and it was that they had left their first love. They wasn't excited as they once were. So Jeremiah poses this question, and you could ask it, we could ask it about our churches. How have our churches become so solitary that was full of joy and God moving and working and we could make a lot of applications tonight to that 
but Jeremiah is saying that. Now let me bring you into this very quickly tonight as we look at the ministry of Jeremiah and try to get an understanding of why he feels like he does in chapter number three. And uh, it is a depressing chapter. I mean, Jeremiah is heavy. He is laden with where he is at at this time in his life. And uh, I want you to notice, let me, let me read to you tonight out of Second Kings, uh, uh, a little bit about our Second Chronicles, bear with me, uh, and the life of Jeremiah. In Second Chronicles, we find that I don't have time to deal with this tonight, but let me bring you, I'm briefly tonight, bring you to where we're at in this chapter. When you turn to Jeremiah chapter one, you don't have to turn there tonight. The Bible says this, uh, a calling of Jeremiah to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the 13th year of his reign. So in the 13th year of the reign of Josiah, God calls this young man by the name of Jeremiah into the ministry. God calls him in and he said, Jeremiah, this is your ministry right here. He said, see I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root up, to pull down, to destroy, and to throw down. Jeremiah had a throw down ministry. And man, you listen at that. He said, I've called you to root up. I've called you to throw down, Jeremiah. I have called you to tear some things apart. But then he said also, uh, and to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. So that is the ministry that God has called Jeremiah into. He was called in the 13th year of the reign of Josiah. And if you know historically, Josiah is one of the greatest kings that Israel ever had. Or Judah, excuse me, there in Jerusalem. He was a man that was on fire with God. He was 21 years old when God called Jeremiah into the ministry. Long story short, Jeremiah ministered during that time. And I can assure you during that time period that Jeremiah did not suffer much persecution under the reign of Josiah. Josiah loved Jeremiah. They were friends. They, they loved one another. Jeremiah was Josiah's prophet. And if you study it, but we see in 2 Chronicles chapter number 36, or excuse me, 35, that Josiah dies. And Jeremiah, notice this, let me read this to you. And Jeremiah lamented Josiah and all the singing men and the singing women spake of Josiah in their lamentations. So we find in Second Chronicles 35 and verse 25 that Jeremiah wept and he lamented for Josiah after he passed away. He loved Josiah. Man, you talk about a king. Uh, I, I would like running with Josiah to be honest with you. You say, why would you like that? Man, Josiah was a pyromaniac, amen? He was exciting to be around. Say, pyro, Jeremiah, or Josiah was a pyro? Yeah, he burned every false god that was in Jerusalem and run them out of town. Matter of fact, he spotted the sepulchers of the priest uh, that had offered on these to these strange gods uh, 
and he seen their sepulchers and Jer- or jo- Jer- Josiah said, bring me the bones out of those sepulchers. And uh, kind of mind you an old country song. I'm not going to go there, amen. But Jer- Josiah was a digging up bones, amen. He said, bring, I just done it to y'all, amen. But Josiah was so fired up and so on fire with God that he seen that sepulcher, them men's bones, them false priests, prophets, and Jeremiah or Josiah said, bring me their bones. Uh, we're gonna burn them on this false altar. And that's exactly what he did. Man, you talk about revival, right? Pyro, Josiah went on a circuit cleaning up the nation. But I am telling you, uh, as soon as Josiah died, that nation knows died and God sent his judgment in like he said he was going to. He sent Babylon down there, Nebuchadnezzar, overtook them Daniel was taken captivity then on the second deportation Ezra was taken captivity somebody might say that Babylon was a bad thing well in studying the word of God Babylon was a good thing that's where God sent everybody that he was going to preserve during that time period he was moving them out to preserve them. And I, I, I know sometimes we can imagine Daniel and everything that they saw and they went through and say, God, how are you preserving me in this? But the ministry of jo- Jeremiah is what I really want to look at. After Josiah died, Jeremiah began to experience a lot of persecution. You tell me tonight that Josiah would allow them to persecute him while he's alive, there ain't a chance. Josiah loved his prophet. And Jeremiah was a blessing to many. And let me just bring you, I'm trying to get your mind at where Jeremiah's at in chapter 3. In chapter 3 of Lamentations, the ministry of Jeremiah is now, he's been left in Jerusalem, and everyone that was perverse and everyone that would not get right with God and everyone that God was not going to preserve was left in Jerusalem. Jeremiah was, this was beyond prison ministry. This is everybody that is rebels. Sounds like the average Baptist church, amen. Y'all can laugh right there tonight. They were rebels. They would not do right. They would not turn from their sin. Jeremiah would preach and seek out the old paths and walk therein. And we see a testimony of those type people, but they would not. That is the ministry that Jeremiah had. Jeremiah was left. It was not a glorious ministry. Jeremiah was left with that outfit. Jeremiah was left to feel what the, the filth and the refuse and the rebellion. Jeremiah was left with a crowd that was slapping him across the face. They put him in a pit. They persecuted him. They hated him. And God said, I want you to minister right here. Anybody want that ministry tonight? No, everybody wants the one where they're getting patted on the back. Everybody loves them. Oh, preacher, we love you. You're the greatest in the world. And I've had them do that while they're stabbing me in the back at the same time, amen. 
And I'm not saying I got Brooklyn here and some vote. New freedom is not the leftovers. Amen. So don't think I'm saying that tonight, Brooklyn. I love our church. But when you look at Jeremiah and where he's at, and then you put in chapter number three of Lamentations where he's at, and everything that he's dealing with, I wish I had time tonight to really go through this and bring the persecution of Jeremiah out and everything the man went through. He was God's mouthpiece. I want you to notice, number one, sometimes God would allow these men to experience their ministry. And do you know, all of us, sometimes God allows us to experience the weight of being saved. Raise your hand if it's all been peachy since you got saved. And if you do raise your hand, I want you to come up here and give us your Joel Osteen explanation of how to do that, amen. Because I ain't figured that out tonight. Is anybody else? And I don't want to make it all gloom and doom because even when it's bad, Paul said, hey, when I am weak, he is strong. That is some of the greatest moments in our spirituality is when we're in a dark place, when we're in a place when there's no light and there seems to be no light at the end of the tunnel. I'm telling you, sometimes we don't understand the value of being there. We don't understand the value of what God is doing for us. He said the trial of your faith is is more precious than gold. When God tries you and you're in a hard place and you don't understand, preacher, that is better than God putting gold in a bank account. And a mature Christian that understands that and knows that. Paul said, I ain't quite got to where I'm fixing to quote you tonight. Paul said, I glory in tribulation. He's like some psycho captain on a boat. When the seas get to roar and things get crazy, he stands up on the bow of that boat and said, let her rip, boys. This is fun, amen. Paul said, I glory in tribulation. You know why he gloried in it? Because he had matured to the point He knew the value of it. God is working this for my good. God is putting this weight on me to help me. Look at this tonight. Let let me move quickly. Some of these men, God made them feel the weight of their ministry. God told Hosea, you go take your wife of whoredoms. Is that where all you men went shopping for your wife? Now, I'm making y'all think very straight tonight. I want you to think about it. No, that would have been a very shameful thing, would it not? Same thing for the ladies. Ladies, would you want to be with a man that has a terrible reputation? It's been, I'm trying to keep it straight up for the kids around here. Not everybody understands where I'm at. How many of y'all would have wanted that testimony? And God says, Hosea, you go get you a wife of whoredoms. And do you know why God did that? Because Israel, he compared their sins to whoredoms. You you go out a whoring after other gods and you're with this and you're that. And God told Hosea, I want you to feel what I'm feeling. And I want you to be an example to those in Israel. And Hosea did. And what did she do when she got him? He got her. She ran back off. What did Hosea do? He went down there and he bought her back. 
God let Hosea live and experience what he had done for the children of Israel. Sometimes God would put it on them. How about this? This is strange. Y'all are going to laugh and my kids, I'll have to be careful with this. But God told Ezekiel, he said, you take human dung and eat it, Ezekiel. You bake it up and I want you to eat it. Lord, I want you to see what it tastes like, Ezekiel. I want you to be an example of what these people are doing. Ezekiel did kind of, you know, talk to God, said, Lord, please, could it at least be human or, or animal dung? And Ezekiel did talk him into that, and he ate it. Some of these men, God would make them take vestures and mar them up and leave them and let them rot and then make them wear it to experience what he is putting up with. God made Jeremiah at one point make two yokes. Everybody understands a yoke you put around animals' necks and things like that, and especially in that day it was used. God said, I want you to make two sets of yokes. I want you to send a set out, and then I want you to put one on your neck, Jeremiah. Jeremiah walked around with that yoke around his neck and what it was doing, it was preaching to everybody, you're going into bondage. You are fixing to get the yoke put around your neck because you will not do right. And Jeremiah had to walk around with that on his neck feeling the burden and the weight of that yoke and in his preaching. And man, in chapter 28 of Jeremiah, that false prophet comes up and he breaks the yoke off of Jeremiah's neck and slaps him across the face and said, it's not so, Jeremiah. I mean, Jeremiah was treated terrible. How about this one? I could go on and on of the prophets that God let them feel the weight. How about the greatest of all? The physical side of Calvary is hard to imagine. But the spiritual side of Calvary and what Christ felt placed upon him mentally is beyond our comprehension. And the weight of the sin of the world laid on him. Can you imagine what he felt? Has anybody in here ever felt weighed down mentally? Sure you have. There are people sitting amongst us tonight that have had suicidal thoughts and been weighed down and depressed and discouraged and things of that nature. I'm telling you what, to me, mentally being heavy is a lot worse than physically being heavy because you're dealing with it, you're struggling with it. And when we read Jeremiah in chapter 3, he's been left with all the bad. He's been left, Jerusalem's been tore apart, the temple's been burned down at this point, the walls are destroyed, everybody's terrible that's in town. And this is the ministry he has and he tells and he begins to give his heart in chapter 3 brother I'm telling you Jeremiah is destroyed at this point everybody see tonight where he's at son Jeremiah's in a bad place look back with me in our text I, I do wish I had time tonight to adequately deal with this and, and really bring this out but I'll show you this one thing and we'll go to the house tonight or not the house we'll hear some good preaching here in a minute amen and Jeremiah says this. Let me get back here. Remember poetic form. Jeremiah chapter 1, he begins to, how did the city get like this? How did it wind up like this? 
And I don't want to leave you in a hopeless position as we look at this tonight. But in chapter 3, Jeremiah is bearing to us where he is at personally in this. This is where I'm at. And I know that a lot of times we come to church and we put the facade on, hey, preacher, yeah, we're doing all right. And I'm sure, Brother David, is a preacher, there's been times that you have felt walking like walking right back out of them doors, didn't feel like being there. He may be an angel, I'm not. I'm telling you, I have felt like that, amen. Say, preacher, you feel like that? Yes. I'm as human as everybody else in this building. And as a preacher, you're discouraged. Who ain't showed up and who has? And man, you study and man, the message, you, you, you can't help it. You got people on your mind because you love them. They don't show up. You got, man, I've thought for sure. And man, there's a lot of ups and downs with it. He never thought about quitting, have we, Brother David? Anybody else in here? Right, let me ask y'all a question. How come it is when it gets spiritually hard on us, the first thing we want to quit is what we need to run to, and it is Him? Does anybody else face that temptation? When things get bad, the devil, just quit God. It'd be a whole lot easier. Let me ask you something. Would it be worth it when you stand there at the judgment? I don't know about y'all, but I would love to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Somebody once said, how long I get him to say that? Be good and be faithful, amen. Even when it hurts. Let me close with this tonight as we're looking at chapter 3. Jeremiah is going down through here in Lamentations. He's telling us how he feels. This could be one of the greatest country and western songs there ever was. Amen. Because country music seems to magnify everything that bad happened. My cow died, the dog Jake's dead, and uh, my wife left me three days ago. Amen. Somebody say amen. That's just about country music. And Jeremiah's pouring out his complaint. Is he sinning doing this? No. He's a man. Look, look with me. And he says in verse 10, he was near, he was unto me as a bear, talking about God to him. He was as unto me a bear lying in wait and as a lion in secret places. He had turned aside my ways and pulled me in pieces. He had made me desolate. Now keep in mind the ministry that Jeremiah has at this point. I have met Christians that seem like that their ministry is suffering. And that's not what a lot of people want to hear. I know a sister right now that's just as godly as anybody I've ever met. And her and her husband both are. They're precious people. And they are absolutely going through it. I'll serve God as long as it's right here. I'll serve God as long as it's right here. But will you serve God when it's down here, when it's not? Listen to this. Now close. Verse 12. He hath bent his bows and set me as a mark for the arrow. God, you're picking on me. Did you just hear what he said about God toward him? He has set, he has drawn his bow He's put his arrow in it and God's aiming at me. He had caused the arrows of his quiver to enter into my reins. 
I was in derision to all my people and their song and all the day. He had filled me with bitterness. He had made me drunken with wormwood. He had also broken my teeth with gravel stones. He had covered me with ashes. And thou hast removed my soul far off from peace. I forgot prosperity and I said, my strength and my hope is perished from the Lord. That's stout words coming from a godly man, ain't it? Do you know how many people feel like this in this generation we live in? Let me push pause just for a moment. It's bad out there, is it not? Let me just go ahead and say this. Biden's an idiot and we're in trouble. If you don't like that, put it in your pipe and smoke it. Amen. That's what that's what Wood Preacher said anyway. They're killing babies like candy, like we eat candy. They're handing money out that we do not need and they're breaking us on purpose. We are in trouble. Everybody agree? The, the, and sometimes watching the news, if you watch the news, you're ready to kill them and yourself by the time you watch it, amen? It's bad out there. And they would have us to believe that there is no hope. And I'm gonna tell you something, four boys, sometimes it does bother me, Brother Dave, what they're being raised up in. And man, you look at Jeremiah, what he's in, we in a mess, amen. We are in trouble there. These people are crazy. I, now, this is off the wreck, well, I'll be good, Amen. Verse 16, he hath also broken my teeth with gravel. He hath covered me with ashes, and thou hast removed my soul far off from peace. Let me ask the church tonight, does everybody, how many of y'all enjoy the peace of God in your heart? It's one of the fruits of the Spirit. I love it. Does anybody else, I know it's bad out there, but does anybody else feel like preacher tonight? Son, even though it's bad out there, there's a deep, settled peace in my heart. Everything's gonna be all right. Anybody else experiencing that? Yes, hallelujah. Look at this. And thou hast removed my soul far off from peace. I forgot prosperity. And I said my strength and my hope is perished from the Lord. Remembering my affliction and my misery, the wormwood and the gall. Don't sound good for old Jeremiah, does it? I love it. Yeah, some of y'all are ahead of me. And saying all that, I'm going to close with this shortly. There is hope. Do not give up hope. Keep fighting, keep going, keep doing whatever it is that God has called you to do. Because, hey, look what Jeremiah said. You see all this complaint. And Jeremiah goes on and he said, My soul hath then still in remembrance and is humbled in me. And Jeremiah said, I'm humbled. And he says, this I recall to my mind. Therefore, I have hope. After everything you just said, I've lost hope. I'm in trouble. Man, God's pulled his bow against me. And Jeremiah begins to remember. And I'm gonna tell you something. You take hope away from somebody. That little ark of hope, we're in trouble. Jeremiah begins to stir himself. And he said, then I recall to my mind, therefore have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. He said that after everything he just said. Yea, he poured his heart out and his complaint out. But in the midst of that, Jeremiah was reminded God's mercies are new every day even though he felt like this, like a lot of us do at times. 
He said, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Because his compassions fail not, they are new every morning. Now, sometimes this don't always feel good, but Jeremiah said it when it didn't feel good. Great, great. Listen at this. He said, the Lord, he said, uh, they are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. God is still faithful. Even though I feel like this. Even though the ministry God's given me is not the greatest and glorious and this crowd's a bunch of reprobates. It's exactly what they were. He said, God's still faithful. And God's still good to me. He said, they are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him. To the soul that seeketh him. It is so, the gear just so changes right there. Everything that he just said. Y'all ever been in the midst of a trial and God, you feel like Jeremiah right there at the first. And then by the time you get done, you feel like Jeremiah there at the last. God is faithful. Can anybody stand up and testify tonight and say God's not been faithful to you? Now we could stand up and testify tonight and say, God, we've not been faithful to you. But you have been faithful to us. How many of y'all have ever felt like God has blessed you in spite of yourself? Yes. And I'll go ahead and admit it to everybody in this building tonight. God has blessed me in spite of myself. You might still be in some of them earlier verses, but it may be that God has you there so that you can recognize here in a few verses, great is thy faithfulness. Come to think of it, God's mercies are new every morning to me. God's been good to me. God's been faithful to this old boy right here. And I'm sure everybody can stand up tonight and say, God's been faithful to you. God's good, church. Stay in there, amen. You may feel like Jeremiah. Family issues, financial issues. I mean, I, I could name a thousand things. I'm gonna tell you something. Somebody said that's not spiritual. I'm gonna tell you, yes, it is. All those things affect you spiritually. Marital issues, children, job, family Brother-in-law, sister-in-law, mother-in-law, brother, children. Every bit of that will affect you spiritually. Every bit. Let's stand tonight.